Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. What's going on, everybody? Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm your boy KB, hosting the show. I'm going to be joined by the host with the most, Patty Pitts, in just a little bit. But welcome to Underground Sports Philadelphia, episode number 223. As always, guys, show presented by our local sponsors, Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Auto Mall, Mark Ronchetti, CPA LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland, and of course powered by our awesome merch sponsor and merch provider, Design Tree. Make sure you go to their website, dsgentry.com, search Underground Sports Philadelphia, get all of your Philly sports merch, our logo, all that good stuff on our storefront. Use the promo code SPRING20 to save 20% off your entire order at check out and of course our brand new sponsor tomahawk shades i'm super excited about this partnership we talked about it on the last show tomahawk shades is now a network wide sponsor of underground sports philadelphia as a podcast network you're going to hear a lot about them on all of our shows uh for the foreseeable future hopefully forever they are taking a chance on us i'm very excited to be working with tomahawk shades uh, they've got blue light plus glasses that I am investing in ASAP because I'm going to need them for the amount of time I'm staring at computer screens, doing stuff for the podcast on my phone, on Twitter, you know, posting for all the pods, posting on my personal pages and everything. The eyes are going to get messed up. They're going to need help. So those blue light plus glasses are something everybody on the network is planning on investing in very, very soon. They've got regular sunglasses for when you're going and taking your walks outside to get some fresh air, staying six feet apart from people, obviously. But uh, Tomahawk Shades, they're doing it right. They're high-quality glasses for an affordable price. And make sure you guys, when you go to check out, this is where the fun part begins. Use our promo code USP at checkout. That is USP Underground Sports Philadelphia. USP at checkout. You're going to save 25% off the glasses. You can't beat it. They hooked us up big time. The more we use that code, the more help it does for the pod and we get to pay the bills. You know, we got we got the electric running here. Uh we've got a lot going on looking to do some upgrades with some things. So the more that code gets used, the more it helps us out. And uh, very happy to have Tomahawk Shades, a part of the Underground Sports Philadelphia family. Tonight on the show, we got a lot going on, even though no live sports. But Howie Roseman finally cracked his silence. We're going to dissect everything he talked about with the free agents uh, in his conference call with the media. A bit of a shady reunion potential coming up. And we're going to take Patty Pitts to school in a new series we're doing on the Saturday shows for the next couple of weeks 
with the host with the most. Uh, and also the NFL draft. We've got an update on the draft, and it looks like it's going to keep going as as we predicted. So first things first, though, since we're taking Patty Pitts to school and his first lesson is going to be with my pride and joy, the Philadelphia Phillies. If you're watching on Twitch, make sure you hit that follow button to know when we go live, whether it's Patty Pitts or Steve or Dom streaming video games, us doing the pod hit that follow button. We're very close to 100 followers. The more followers we get and the more people watching, the closer we get to being a Twitch partner, which is higher than an affiliate, and the more content we can put out on our Twitch channel. And hit that thumbs up button and like the Facebook page as well. But since we're talking about the Phillies, uh, one of our awesome listeners and followers, uh, you can follow him on Twitter at lookitfitz, F-I-T-Z, Jeff Fitz, put out an amazing video because obviously opening day was supposed to go down uh, on Thursday, and he put out an amazing rendition remix of Country Roads Take Me Home, but it's Phillies edition, and uh, it goes a little something like this. I just have to feature this on the show because it is that good. Uh, So shout out to the one and only Jeff Fitz for this amazing rendition. unbelievable unbelievable rendition of country roads take me home remixed to the philadelphia phillies uh 
I listened to it like 17,000 times as soon as I saw the video. Uh, please check it out. We retweeted it and, and follow Jeff. Look at look It Fits on Twitter. Um, I was just blown away. Absolutely amazing voice and just a f- freaking perfect rendition of Country Roads Take Me Home to be remixed to the Philadelphia Phillies. And what we're going to do right now, folks, we're going to get Patty Pitts on the line to talk some birds. We're going to get them on the line to uh, talk some fills, too. Patty Pitts, the host with the most, is now on the voice line. Pitts, I just got to let the people know, we just played Jeff Fitz's uh, rendition of Country Roads Take Me Home, but remixed to the Philadelphia Phillies. I sent it to you before we went live. I need your thoughts as we get ready to take you to school later on in the show to talk about those Philadelphia Phillies. Let me let me hear your thoughts on the one and only Jeff Fitz's rendition here. Yeah, to be brutally honest, like it was so good. Like I I expected really just like uh, your usual cover of just another you know a great song, your just standard cover. But I was very impressed, like very impressed with that cover, and it made sense and it was good. And you know, it really I was like, all right, I'm I'm here, I'm here, and especially with uh you know my actions with the Phillies right now in the UMLB. I mean, it made sense. I kind of felt like I was a uh, part of the Philly faithful. It was, dude, I just play it and I have chills still thinking about it. Like it's that good. It's that good of a remix. It's that good of a rendition. And like I said, follow Fitzy on Twitter at look at Fitz. He's a follower of the show. He listens to the pod. Uh, just an amazing, amazing rendition of country roads. Uh, but Patty Pitts, before we get into uh, your first class being in session, we've got some Eagles news to talk about. And I know you're a big NFL guy, and we're going to fill you in with what Howie Roseman uh, talked to the media about this week in a conference call about all the Eagles free agents. And we might have a potential shady reunion on our hands. Uh, Fingers crossed. Very interesting stuff there. But let's get started with Howie Roseman. Uh, this whole breakdown is coming from Alexis Chasson. Uh, you can follow her on Twitter at Lovely Buckeye. She writes for Bleeding Green Nation, and uh, she kind of transcribed everything into digestible, uh, you know, little write-ups about everything that Howie Roseman talked about. So, with the players in terms of free agency, uh, first things first. Nate Sudfeld is back, like we talked about on the first free agency pod we did a couple weeks ago. Now, um, so Nate Sudfeld is a guy who has. Uh, developed in their program and has a great awareness of what they want to do offensively, especially given the potential oddness of this offseason. His familiarity uh, will help a unique situation. And I think Nate Sudfeld coming back here after being injured uh, in the preseason last year, not really getting to showcase what he could do as a backup. Uh, I think him coming back here was the best situation for him. So that's what Howie had to say about Nate Sudfeld. Uh, Javon Hargrave, who I think Pitts has the best nickname I've ever heard. His nickname is the Gravedigger. He's a defensive tackle. His last name obviously being Hargrave. It fits perfectly. That's incredible. Absolutely fantastic nickname. Uh, but Howie Roseman said that Hargrave had tremendous work ethic and a tremendous and tremendous character. They also feel that he can win with power, can work edges, and fits into their scheme. And obviously pairing him up with Fletcher Cox, Malik Jackson, and the next guy we're going to talk about, Hassan Ridgeway. This defensive tackle group for the Eagles is gnarly. That, yeah, you, the Eagles need to have that defensive line 
like they've had before because that's where you guys are really, you know, who you are. And, you know, to get the Gravedigger back, I mean, that's the sickest name, especially for a defensive tackle, and too. stealing him from Rome. the Steelers, too. Like, he's coming, to, mean, he's coming to Philly yeah. from Pittsburgh. Like, we know that Pittsburgh defense is pretty good up front. They're very good up front. They're, they're, they've always been that, like, even though they're not the steel curtain from years ago, they still kind of are the steel curtain. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, and they've always been a solid defense. What you know, even though they've had those kind of ups and downs, roller coaster trends, uh, and it's huge for you guys to get him. And just you need to build your line and get the weapons that you need because I actually have a feeling the NFC East is going to be very competitive this year. Yeah, it's going to be a very interesting situation with the NFC East. Uh, and like I said, Hassan Ridgeway, the next guy, uh, Howie Roseman talked about in this breakdown here, going back and watching his tape and the defense's tape, he's a guy who was really starting to get it. Howie said he worked tremendously hard to get back after his injury, and they were looking forward to having him back. He's a great depth piece. Uh, he played extremely well for the Eagles last year when he was on the field, and I'm excited he's back. You know, coming from the Colts, and they gave up a seventh-round pick to get him, I, I I, was very happy to see what Hassan Ridgeway produced last year, and to have that as your four defensive tackles in rotation is, like I said, it's gnarly. I, If I'm a quarterback or an offensive lineman, I'm terrified of any of those four guys coming at me. Oh, totally. I Yeah, I'm terrified if I'm a quarterback. Uh, Jatavis Brown, the linebacker coming over from the Chargers, uh, how he said they did a lot of work on him coming out of college and liked that he has special teams experience as well. Brown knows uh, there will be competition at the position, but his speed was a big draw. Interesting there. Uh, I think he's a better fit at the linebacker position than some of the guys currently on the Eagles roster. And uh, he's just one of those guys that is, you know, he's decent to good at a lot of things. He's not great at one thing, and that's pretty much the summary of the Eagles linebacking core. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see how Jim Schwartz and the defensive coaches kind of fit Jatavis Brown into the mix. The next guy, he's going to be on the pod on Wednesday, so make sure you follow the Twitch channel, like the Facebook page, and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss out Will Parks is coming on the pod April 1st. It's not an April Fool's Day joke. He's actually coming on the show. 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Be here. Don't miss it. Very excited to be talking with Philly Will, Will Parks. Uh, But Howie Roseman said he's another young guy. They saw him do a lot of things they were looking for, playing in the box, covering tight ends, and his versatility was a big factor. And I totally agree. Will Parks is one of those versatile safeties that can do a lot of things, and I think he's a perfect fit as a third safety. He's Will Parks is one of those guys too. You need, especially the Eagles, just from what I saw last year. You guys need people with coverage. You need to, you need say, uh, guys in the secondary who can cover better than last year. And Will Parks definitely does that. I mean, yeah, he it's great success with the Broncos, even though the Broncos didn't have a lot of success last season but still i mean like to get this signing right now is crucial especially when you are upgrading your team uh especially your defense i think it's a great move and I, as i just referenced it you know as he's gonna be really tough this year so defense wins championships is just one step uh, in that right direction yeah i couldn't agree more and like uh he's gonna be an important piece you know being able to let a guy like jalen mills who's moving to safety kind of float around and be that hybrid corner safety back there filling in for Malcolm Jenkins as he's uh you know going to the Saints now. Will Parks I think is going to be an important part 
of this uh, this whole Eagles defense and this Eagles secondary. And I like his swagger. I like his toughness. And obviously him being able to play in front of his hometown crowd is going to be a, a major boost in confidence for him that he already has confidence oozing through the roof. Yeah, and, and that's the thing that you just mentioned, too, is that he's going to fill in a good role that Malcolm Jenkins had. When you look at the league today, and you know you, you look at guys that can play multiple positions, and you want guys that can be not just – you know, a free safety, you know, strong safety. You need guys that can really kind of be hybrids. Even play a little bit of not linebacker, but you know what I mean when I say that. Mm -hmm. And you need guys like that that can be very versatile on defense so that you can throw in different kind of um, rotations and different audible, whatever that need be. And the Eagles need to do that. You know, get back to where you guys were uh, when in your Super Bowl run. And then you said Jalen Mills, um, oh, what's it, Maddox? I forget his first name. Yeah, Vontae name, Maddox in there Vontae as well. Maddox, like, get a guy who can play with them, um, play well with them, so that you guys can kind of have that f good kind of second, good secondary, because secondaries are, <laughs> it sounds, you know, kind of obvious to say, it sounds like Captain Obvious, but it's so crucial in the mm -hmm. NFL now, since it's now a throwing quarterback league. Yeah, and the next guy we're going to talk about is a returning member of that secondary. It's Rodney McLeod. I absolutely love Rodney. Uh, some interesting parts of his contract, though, that came out. It was reported, you know, it was a two-year deal, but it's technically a five-year deal, Pitsy, but the final three years can be voided uh, for cap reasons. So Rodney's deal is two years, $8.65 million, up to $1.7 million in incentives, which brings it to you know the the threshold we heard about before he has a three million dollar signing bonus and in 2020 his base uh pay is 1.05 million dollars 2021 uh is 3.75 and his cap hit in 2020 is 1.65 million and 2021 his cap hits 5.2 million they did a similar thing with Javon Hargrave's contract too to kind of manipulate the cap and Howie Roseman is famous or infamous for this, however you want to look at it, uh, just kind of manipulating the way that contracts are, you know, distributed in terms of money and everything. Um, it's it's one of those ways that you can kind of extend the cap a bit, and then when you're ready to cut loose on a guy who's getting older, uh, as long as he's cut by a certain date in that year, the contract is void. Uh, and the way that Hargrave's contract looks is like this. Uh, so in 2020, he's making 3.6 million, uh, and the cap hit will be 5.17 million if it was a traditional three-year deal. So you save a bit of money there. In 2021, he's making 15.35 million. If it was a traditional three-year deal, it would be 16.92 million, and he's that would be the same for 2022 as well. Uh, and then 2023 the, the uh, deal can be voided automatically if he's on the roster 23 days before the league year begins, and it's very similar to Rodney McLeod, too, in that third year after the two years are up. So Howie Roseman just manipulating the cap like he's uh, come to be known to do. So what you sounded like was exactly what I do in my Madden franchise with different players. Because And that's kind of what the NFL you need to do is that a lot of technicalities and contracts and stuff, you really kind of have to look and front-end a lot of deals because you don't know what you're going to get 
in the future. And I feel like Harry Roseman uh, is doing that there. Granted, I mean, I hope he's doing it a lot better than what I'm doing uh, in, in my simulation. But I mean, I just I think it's a good a good thing that he's doing. But I mean, who am I? I'm just I'm just the guy who's learning about Philly sports. I'm you know I'm just kind of a uh, a supporter, we'll say. Yeah, and uh, the next move we're going to talk about, but you know, Howie Roseman literally is plays mad in GM mode when he's signing some of these deals, and it's absolutely absurd the way that it breaks down. Um, with Can you Rodney, give me some tips and tricks? That'd be oh, right. really nice. Pretty much. That would be very nice. I need that. With Rodney, uh, Howie said he was important for them to re-sign so that they have someone back there who can run the show, which is uh, you know, high praise for Rodney, uh, especially with Malcolm leaving, uh, knowing that they're depending on Rodney McLeod to kind of be the captain of that secondary. Uh, makes a lot of sense to me. Rodney's one of those team leaders, in my opinion. Um and he also went on to say he's always doing his job. He's always in the right place. We're very fortunate to have him. Uh, and then with Rodney's new uh, battering mate, Jalen Mills, how he said he's a positionless player, someone who has range and can move around. Uh, they've seen him play the safety position in college and like his energy and dedication. I, I love Jalen Mills. His confidence and swagger are just off the charts he's one of my favorite players in the nfl not just the eagles uh big green goblin fan and um you know he was talking about his swagger and like his confidence and everything talking about how he just thinks he's gonna be like charles woodson this year which if you think about that that's absolutely insane to think about but jalen mills truly believes that he's going to play like charles woodson at the safety position and i absolutely love it and if you don't you are just a hater and there's no ifs ands or buts about it jalen mills being back i think is a big piece to this defense he's a, a tough tackling corner safety hybrid and uh him being here i'm very excited about it yeah couldn't agree more. I'm, I, I do like the signing of Jamie Mills as well. Darius Slay, shout out to uh, Big Play Slay, retweeted one of our uh, videos of him picking off Patty Pitts' former quarterback, Tom Brady. Uh, you know what? Not fair. You know what? Let's, let's, <laughs> but let's Darius, Slay, right Darius Slay is one of Pitts' favorite players, and uh, big ups to Big Play Slay. Big Play Slay. Uh, would love to have you on the podcast whenever you have time. Uh, check your DMs. We sent you a uh, little request there. But Darius Slay, this is another guy we really know well. Him and Hargrave were two guys they were looking at for two, uh, four at two spots during the draft a few years back. So they spent a lot of time with them in the pre-draft process. Plus, Jim Schwartz worked with Slay, and Fletcher Cox played with him in college. They feel they know him, and he can get the ball back on – uh, ball back for the offense getting the contract extension was also really important for them it did come out uh i'm forgetting what source it was from but uh it per i it might have been how he sit down with dave spadaro where he pretty much said in the 2013 draft that second round pick that the eagles had came down to drafting zach Ertz or darius slay and now both of them are on the team this is where Becoming, this is where being a Detroit Lions secondary fan, if I want to say, comes in handy so well because <laughs> I've loved Darius Slay so much, and especially watching the amount of Lions games a New England person has watched in the amount of how many years. Like Darius Slay is just—he was the best part of that defense, and he was just 
you felt bad. Like, I'm not going to lie. I just felt bad for him because every mistake that was made, or at least 99% because mm-hmm. nobody's perfect, but it wasn't his fault. Like, it really wasn't. Like, he's very intelligent. He really knows where – he has great vision uh, and really great intelligence, and he's great, uh, a great covering safety as well. And the problem is – or a great covering second, whatever. Uh, but the problem is that he just did not get, like, any help. Now he goes to the Eagles, gets the help, gets the respect he needs. He's so good, um, and he was, and that's kind of the Detroit Lions' curse uh, that you know, kind of these great players, they're not around great players, you know. And that's one thing where if you were around great people, you were going to be great. And when you're around a defense that's ranked bottom five, essentially mm-hmm. in passing defense in the league. I mean, you're not going to be great. You're only going to be kind of a diamond in the rough, and that's what he was. And, you know, I've really loved it. I've loved to watch him for so long. And a lot of mistakes that I saw in the defensive end when it came to, you know, Lions games were not his fault, and it was him trying to do too much. Yes. And when you're in that position where you are so good at what you do and you're very talented and you try to do too much, that's where a lot of criticism comes in. And to go to a team like the Eagles where you have a lot of help in the secondary, great guys um, that can kind of complement one another, I really think he's going to be a really, really good addition for you guys. I'm just so jealous. And you mentioned it before. Uh, you know, come on the show where DMs were open. I mean, dude, Darius Slay, you said you wanted to play some, you know, Twitch or whatever. I would do it. I, I'd be here. I'm here. He was I'm on Twitch today you. with a guy that Matt Patricia said he wasn't even in the same breath as Richard Sherman. Which is uh, ridiculous. Which is awesome. They are in the same breath. Yes, like, big time. Fun fact, Darius Slay, you were on my Madden team too, so we could talk about that, you know. Let's make like, it happen. We, we, we're making it happen. Like we can make this happen. You just gotta, you just gotta answer the call. Exactly. Uh, and the Eagles still making it happen. Last guy that they addressed in terms of free agent signings, the newest guy, Nickel Roby Coleman. Uh, how he said this is a guy we've am- admired from afar. He was with Jim Schwartz in Buffalo, which adds to the question: you know, how much power does Jim Schwartz truly have with this defense? And it seems like he is the guy that Howie goes to in consulting any defensive move. Uh, and they have other familiarity. He's got a quick twitch, no pun intended, follow the Twitch channel, uh, and is a guy who can provide coverage in the slot. I love that signing. I talked about it on the most recent episode before this one. Uh, the signing of Nickel Roby Coleman, I think, is massive in terms of just depth in the secondary, and uh, his ability to play the slot is unbelievable. I'm excited to watch him play with the guys that are going to be on this roster that we assume are going to be on this in this secondary. Uh, and he just adds another guy who's confident, has swagger, and I think that's something this Eagle secondary has missed uh, for a very long time. Yeah, it's, it, like there's the Eagles really struggled in the secondary last year. It felt like any position where it came to passing, except in the quarterback realm, um, the Eagles just struggled with last year, and that obviously at this point was apparent when it came to free agency. So to see that they're making those moves and especially with the other three teams in the division kind of crapping the bed in a sense, uh, you know, it really it makes the Eagles look like winners right now. And, and I would say that the Eagles have had a pretty good free agency. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And uh, 
The one thing, though, that I think a lot of people are disappointed with right now is the wide receiver position, uh, myself included. You know, not addressing wide receivers in free agency to me has been very strange. Um, Howie Roseman was asked about not addressing the position during free agency. He explained that they have all the information now. Hindsight is twenty twenty. And the value and price of some of these guys have changed a lot during the offseason. When they went into the first few days of free agency, they felt the best way to improve their team was on the defensive side of the ball. He also acknowledged that they view the position a little differently than the fan base, and they are excited about the guys that are returning from injury and the young receivers to make a big leap in their next year. Later on, he explained uh, that... Where they are from a cap position, they were trying to find ways that they weren't in a bad position both this year and moving forward, but it is a priority of theirs to surround Carson Wentz with talented players. Roseman lauded the tight end group, young runners, and emphasized that he's confident with the wide receivers they have on the roster. Uh, The biggest quote was, Alshon's got to get healthy. Uh, I agree because, as you guys, if you listened to the the last episode on 222, I said, Alshon's going to be on this team. You know, in 2020, whether you like it or not, Alshon's going to be here. Unless they can find some sort of trade partner that's going to take that contract, I doubt that Alshon's going to be an eagle. And how he said, you know, referred to him as the elephant in the room and explained that Alshon knows what is being said about him and knows he needs to get healthy. But he's eager to come back uh, stronger. He also said Deshaun Jackson is another guy who is really driven to come back stronger, and they have a good plan for him moving forward. Also noted that J.J. Ortega-Whiteside was dealing with some lower body stuff heading into his rookie season, and that they expect him to uh, take a really big jump from year one to year two. Plus, Greg Ward proved that he can contribute at a high level. Uh, I'm still concerned about the wide receiver group. You know Whether it's those four guys or not, you still need guys in here with the amount of injuries and the age of Alshon and Deshaun alone. You can't rely on the position to you know carry you through a season with it being a guy who's in his second year that didn't prove you anything in J.J. Ortega-Whiteside and a guy in Greg Ward who is a, a quality slot receiver, but he's nothing you know spectacular. He's a solid NFL wide receiver um, they need to address this wide receiver position heavy in the draft which is going on as planned as of right now uh, which I think this NFL draft might have the highest ratings of any NFL draft ever (laughs) just because of the circumstances Um, but the Eagles really need to go in heavy and and come out of this NFL draft with at minimum two wide receivers that are going to contribute on this roster from day one. Yeah. You, you, I'm just going to kind of elaborate a little bit of what you said about Alshon and Deshaun Jackson, because those are two names and that's what they all, that's all they are. They're names because they are getting old and they have injury and they, they have a history of injuries. Problem is with that, yeah, Alshon Jeffrey is one of the top receivers in the NFL, hands down. So is Deshaun Jackson when healthy. But when, you know, Carson Wentz needs reliability. Mm -hmm. And he hasn't had that. Carson Wentz, I I, I say this all the time, Pitsy, Carson Wentz has not had a consistent wide receiver core his entire NFL career. Every single year, the wide receiver core has changed drastically. Yeah, and that's the major problem when you're developing 
a generational elite quarterback. When you look at elite quarterbacks, they've had at least one receiver that's been there throughout their kind of beginning. Even Tom Brady, everyone, and I'm obviously it's a bad example, maybe bad example, but even Tom Brady had Troy Brown. Yeah, Troy Brown's not. Tom a Brady's had Julian player. Edelman for how long before he left? Yeah, but, this that, year? but like... I'm saying, yeah, but I'm saying before Tom Brady became Tom Brady, he had Troy Brown, who was kind of like that. Oh, is he going to make that jump to elite, whatnot? And then he made made it work with David Pan, David, whatever. Um, Carson Wentz hasn't really had that. Hasn't had guy anything. The only guy that had yeah. been here every single year of Carson's career was Nelson Aguilar. Yeah, look how that turned out. And he's gone now. You know, 2016, 2016, Carson Wentz was thrown to Nelson Aguilar, Jordan Matthews, and Doriel Green Beckham. Jeez, Jordan Matthews is a name from the past. 2017, it was Alshon Jeffrey, Torrey Smith, and Nelson Aguilar. 2018, it was Alshon Jeffrey battling injuries. Uh, it was Mike Wallace who played one and a quarter games. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. You just said Mike Wallace. That literally is like something out played of the Played one and oh a quarter God. games. He got injured in the second game of the season. And Carson Wentz didn't even play with him because Carson didn't start the season on time because he was coming back from his injury. So Nick Foles was throwing to him. Uh, and then I can't even. And it was Nelson Aguilar. And then 2019, it was Alshon battling injuries. Deshaun played one game, and Nelson Aguilar, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, Greg Ward, Jordan Matthews came back again. Like, it was just a mess. And, you know, Carson just needs reliable and consistent wide receiver play for the rest of his career. And that's where this NFL draft comes in heavy because it's going to be historic uh, in terms of just the talent on paper that's coming out in this draft. The Eagles need to come away with at least two and I'd say, if you want to play it safe, three wide receivers in this draft. Yeah, the more I think about it, the more it makes sense that they really kind of need to, I don't want to say trade up, but trade up for a wide receiver. I've been I've been calling for it. They need to pull some sort of Julio Jones-type really trade and get one of the big three, whether it's Judy Ruggs or C.D. Lamb. Hopefully it's C.D. Lamb because he's my favorite receiver in this draft. Um, but they need to do some sort of Julio-type trade and get one of these big-name wide receivers, and then either if they still hold on to a second-round pick, if they make that trade, or later in the draft, they still need to come out with at least one more wide receiver. Yeah, it's like there's just – you. I'm just thinking about – the list you just ran down. I'm sorry, I can't get over you saying Mike Wallace because oh, yeah. and Mike Wallace, that guy, just from a fantasy standpoint, that is such a good. It's a name. It's like it's what I said. It's a name. It's like oh, it's Mike Wallace. Like he's gonna and I was be excited. And I was excited about Mike Wallace, and then he got hurt. Yeah, it's it's like it. That's what happens. Is that all these big name receivers that have like one or two amazing years, they just get hurt, and when they get hurt. And they come back. It's like, well, it's Mike Wallace, or it's oh, it's this guy. Like, it's the same pattern. And the Eagles need some sort of guy to do that. You know, they need a go-to wide receiver. Deshaun Jackson is a go-to wide receiver when he's not on the sidelines, battling injury. You know, and he's not getting any younger. Like Deshaun's still a serviceable wide receiver, but he's not getting any younger. And you need to get young guys in here to grow with Carson. 
And uh, one of those guys, he's not necessarily very young, but he's younger. Uh, and it looks like Darren Sproles was uh, doing a little recruiting on Twitter. And that is 26-year-old Brandon Cooks, current L.A. Rams wide receiver. Everybody knows the story that the Eagles wanted to draft Brandon Cooks when he was coming out of college. And teams jumped ahead of Chip Kelly. And it was a whole mess. Brandon Cooks was the guy that they wanted. Um but he tweeted on Friday, free me with the facepalm emoji. And uh, Darren Sproles quote tweeted that tweet and said, free my dog. Now, everybody knows Darren Sproles was hired to work in the Eagles front office as a player personnel consultant. Uh, I don't know if this is player personnel consulting there or not, but man, adding Brandon Cooks to this wide receiver core would be kind of fun. I don't want to debunk your conspiracy theory. Oh, here, I know but, what it was about. Uh, yeah, it was obviously about the twenty three nineteen that's happening here. But the more I think about it, and I actually was – I don't know if it was the last episode of 4th and Goal or if it was when I when I went on Mac and Maine, uh, a buddy's show of mine from Quinnipiac. Uh, but they asked me about Brandon Cooks, and I, I, I'm just perplexed, you know, because Brandon Cooks is solid. He was. He had everything. He gets thrown around more than anybody, and I'm and, not just talking about the hit he took in the Super Bowl from Malcolm Jenkins. Yeah, dude, that was bad. <laughs> but it's, it's, but like the big thing with Brandon Cooks that kind of makes me just like you feel sorry in a sense is that like it's not like a it's one of those guys like a I keep bringing him up but Mike Wallace right where it's like oh it's injury and he's not performing like Brandon Cooks just isn't getting the targets. Mm-hmm. Because everywhere he goes, or not everywhere he goes, because in New England he was uh, one of those one uh, one A like one. And I mean, he was kind of he was receiver. stupid good in New Orleans. He was Drew Brees number one before mm-hmm. Michael Thomas, and now we go. And then that's what I and I said this when the trade happened is that for him to go to Los Angeles was dumb because they already had. Well, it wasn't dumb because you were like he was he traded or whatever. There. Well, he was traded, but it wasn't dumb because like. You know, you didn't know Robert Woods, Bob the Builder, who I call, mm-hmm. or Cooper Cup were going to be the receivers that they are. But when you have those two guys that are homegrown talents, and then you have Brandon Cooks, who was supposed to be the guy, well, he should go somewhere where he could be the guy. And I've been racking my brain for probably a week and a half because I'm like, where is he going to go? Like, what would be a good fit? You just said it to me. You just kind of gave me a brain blast. Carson like Wentz lobbing a pass to Brandon Cooks would be gold. It makes sense, man. It I'd makes love sense. it. Like, you would really do well in Philly. I think you wouldn't have to give up much hybrid. to get him. No, you wouldn't. Like maybe a maybe a third. Seriously, uh, maybe a third round pick. And I don't but even I know think, if it'll take that much, to be honest. But I'm just saying that just. Because you, you got to get some sort of value, and a lot of third round values now are a lot better in the NFL. But Brandon Cooks put him there. He's that hybrid between a good route runner, short guy, and then he can be a deep threat as well. Obviously, from what we've seen, and then you pair him with Deshaun Jackson, who is the deep threat. You know, it just makes sense. You know, it really does to go the Eagles. Like the only other place. I mean, the NFC East is a great place for him. I would just rather see him go to the Eagles. Yeah, and you look at Brandon Cooks' contract right now, probably not the uh, best possible contract for the the Eagles to take on uh, because his base salary in 2020 is $8 million, and there's a potential out after 
this year for him. So he could be a free agent after this upcoming season is over. Uh, so it could be a way for the Eagles to go and get Brandon Cooks is knowing that they could, you know, potentially restructure the deal or let him, uh, you know, get bought out and then give him a new deal. Um, but there's a potential out after 2021 or at the start of 2021, but $8 million. He's got a $1.4 million signing bonus, a $4 million roster bonus, and a $3.4 million option, which makes his cap hit just under $17 million for this year. It's kind of extensive, I'd say, for the Eagles with their cap situation right now and with even more cryptic Instagram story posts from Yannick Ngakwe. I think I'd rather go get Yannick than Brandon Cooks at this point right now just because of the talent that Yannick is. Um, but if there would be a way for the Eagles to get Brandon Cooks, restructure the deal a bit, and make that cap hit significantly lower, uh, I'd be all about bringing him in as you know an outside option for Carson Wentz. Yeah, I uh, see. I disagree with you about the Ngakwe over Cooks. I think you need Cooks over Ngakwe more, but that's from a positional standpoint. I think when future-wise, yeah, you're right. But at the same time, like, yeah, the Eagles have a great line at the moment. You don't have really a receiving core. You don't, and it's a throw. It's a passing league now. It's a passing league. Brandon Cooks only enhances that for the Eagles. Yeah, it's going to be interesting there. And then the last bit of Eagles news we have before we take Pitsy to school with the fight in Phil's. Uh, we, we might be in for a shady reunion. Uh, John Clark from NBC Sports Philadelphia tweeted, LaShawn McCoy is a free agent. He's going to be 32 in July. Uh, looks like the Eagles' all-time leading rusher is trying to come home back to the birds uh, because he posted on his Instagram, uh, Philadelphia equals home. And Deshaun Jackson commented, it's a reunion, homecoming with the fire emoji. Um, and then Shady follows that up with, it's that time, bro. Yeah, I really think a Deshaun McCoy reunion to Philadelphia would be a good idea at this moment. The problem is that... Um, would it be a good move for the uh, Eagles? Because, you know, it, it, LeSean McCoy was not a guy that was a starting running back. He did very well with Andy Reid. He won a Super Bowl ring, obviously, um, with them, but he wasn't the starting back uh, with them. Damian Williams really stepped up. Um, I mean, Darwin Thompson was supposed to be the guy, and he took his spot. So, But Damian Williams was the guy, and he got overlooked, and now you have guys like, uh, a guy other than people in Philadelphia as well. He's getting old. He hasn't really proved anything to me since I think his second year in Buffalo, and he's really on the decline. I think this would be more just like a, you know retire as an Eagle type of thing. Yeah, it's going to be interesting because the Eagles right now only have two running backs on the roster. It's Miles Sanders, who is going yep, to be the starter, and he's a superstar in the making in my book. Uh, and then they have Boston Scott, who was a late-season legend for the Eagles. Um, but that's it because Corey Clement is a free agent right now. Jordan Howard signed in Miami and these are the only running backs on the roster. So, I mean, there are running backs out there that they could go and sign, whether it's shady, a guy like, you know, if they wanted to kind of reinvent that 2017 backfield when they had LeGarrette Blunt in the backfield, you go and get Devonte Freeman, maybe, uh, who was cut by the Falcons. But those are the only two running backs I would say would make sense on this Eagles roster in terms of free agency right now would be shady because of 
you know, let's have him retire and play one more season or go get Devontae Freeman on a one-year deal and kind of be that bruising back uh, up the middle if he can stay healthy, have injury clauses in there because he's had the concussion issues, he's had other injuries. Um, but, I mean, a, a shady reunion would be quite interesting. I know the fan base is quite split on LaShawn McCoy uh, because he's his off-the-field stuff is kind of shady, no pun intended. Um, you know, with the the parties that he was hosting and the weird stuff that was going on with Shady, not tipping waitresses and stuff like that. Uh, I know the fan base is quite split on him uh, since he left, but I've, I've come to terms with Shady leaving and I was fine with it because if he doesn't get traded, the Eagles don't end up getting Carson Wentz in the long run. And that's why I'm okay with it. Um, but it's interesting to see that, you know, Deshaun out there actively recruiting, you know, a guy that he, uh, came into the NFL with Shady drafted a year after Deshaun and they played together and never really got to see that Eagles team and that core of guys I think complete what they were trying to do so if Shady does come back it'd be very interesting uh, especially since you know Miles Sanders and Shady kind of similar in in some aspects in their style of running um, but Shady McCoy let us know in our Apple podcast reviews if you want to see Shady back in an Eagles uniform but before we take Pitsy to school, I got to talk to you guys real quick about our awesome friends that just uh, came on board with Underground Sports Philadelphia, and that is Tomahawk Shades, the best in the business in terms of sunglasses. They were create; It was created on Long Island. Yes, on Long Island. I know we have a lot of uh, New York listeners and obviously Carly, who helps out with OTB. It's on Long Island. It's not in uh Tom Hawk Shades no, is created. the same thing on fourth and goal. That's actually hilarious. <laughs> I, when I did the ad read, I was like, yeah, it's on Long Island. That's so weird. Oh my god. Tomahawk Shades was created on Long Island in 2013 by Andrew and Ryan Shapiro. The mindset behind the brand was to provide a high quality shade at affordable prices. From the backyard to a corporate outing to right here in the underground. Uh Tomahawk Shades has you covered. Enjoy your life. Enjoy your lifestyle. And they've got those blue light plus glasses, Patty Pitts, that you and I are both looking at investing in because we're going to need it. The way we've been grinding uh, here on Twitch, uh, you know, putting content out on social media, we're staring at screens all day long. So we're, we're definitely going to be getting everybody on the network investing in these blue light plus glasses from Tomahawk Shades. And the best part about it is they've hooked us up with an amazing promo code. When you go to checkout, use the promo code USP, that's USP, like Underground Sports Philadelphia, you get 25% off your order at checkout before shipping. It's an immaculate discount. They don't just hand this out to anybody. They're hooking us up. They're hooking you guys up. And the more we use that promo code, the more opportunities we have to build some stuff with Tomahawk Shades through social, through the pod, you know, potential giveaways of sunglasses and everything like that. And it helps us pay the bills. So use that promo code USP at checkout, save 25% off your order before shipping and uh, look styling and profiling with some Tomahawk shades. Um, yeah. Patty Pitts. It's about that time. Are you ready to go to school? with the Philly Sports 101 crash course that we're going to be giving you for the next couple of weeks. Yeah, see, I 
I didn't think I'd be going back to school uh, since I graduated because, you know, <laughs> I was not a big school person. I actually hated school. Ask my parents, ask anyone. But when it comes to sports, you know, I'll sit in the classroom and uh, listen to anything uh, for hours on end. So, uh, you know what? If this is the kind of class I'm going to be getting in this. So, Patty Pitts proposed to me the idea of uh, going to school and learning about Philadelphia sports. And I said, that's a fantastic idea. I think our call just dropped. So I'm going to reconnect to Patty Pitts. But he he proposed to me that he wanted to learn about Philadelphia sports. And we're going to do just that. So tonight, we're kicking things off with Patty Pitts uh, with the Philadelphia Phillies. And Patty Pitts is back. Our call dropped. I let the viewers know, don't worry, you're in good hands. But we're taking Patty Pitts to school this week, and this is going to happen on our Saturday shows for the next couple weeks. Uh, and we're starting off, if you're watching on Twitch, make sure you hit that follow button. But you can see it on the the out uh, the display on Twitch, the layout. We're kicking it off with the fight in Phil's. Opening day was supposed to happen a couple days ago, and I'm in a baseball mood. And Patty Pitts said he supported the 2008 Philadelphia Phillies who won that World Series on your boy's 15th birthday, one of the best birthday gifts I could have ever gotten. Um, but we're going to start this week with the Phillies, talking about players. And some of these players, you're going to have to you're going to have to know these guys because they're they're pretty damn important. There's some some collaboration with your Boston roots with some of them. Uh, but I'm going to start things off. Uh, what do you know about Matt Castorina, my co-host? His favorite Philly of all time, more than likely. He, t he talks about him all the time. One Bobby Abreu. Oh, I love Bobby Abreu. Dude was an absolute slugger, and he could feel a little bit too. But I just remember him having an absolute dominant bat. And I just – I love playing with him in all uh, MLB video games as a Boston fan. I actually – fun fact, I would trade for Bobby Abreu, so – if I'm trained for Bobby Abreu as a Boston fan and putting him on teams, that says something. Bobby's an absolute legend. He's on the Phillies Wall of Fame. He's going to be part of your uh, your Phillies test that we'll give you in a couple weeks once we uh, teach you the ropes on some things. But he's definitely going to be somebody to keep an eye on. The next one is an absolute beloved player by so many moms in Philadelphia, beloved player by so many ladies in Philadelphia, and I think it's mostly because of his hair, and he had one hell of a dog, and that is Pat the Bat Burl. Oh, I love Pat Burl. Pat Burl was awesome. I see a lot of guys you mentioned. The two guys I've already mentioned, I just used to play with in MLB all the time. I just remember Pat Burl was was he like a first baseman? Started like off as a first baseman. You are correct okay. there, and then yeah. he transitioned to being a left fielder. That's uh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yes, okay. early on in his career, Pat Burrell was playing first base. I'm impressed there. Yeah, see, I know my stuff. I played a little MLB the show. I know this. And Pat Burrell is one of those guys, too, that I, it's just a name that always stuck out. So I always put him in my lineup uh, when I did play as the OA Phillies, obviously. But, yeah, I, I know Pat Burrell pretty well. I, obviously not stats, but because I'm not a numbers guy. But, yeah, I know Pat Burrell. Pat Burrell is a, an important part of Philadelphia Phillies culture, obviously, on that 2008 World Series team. Uh, Pat Burrell is a, a key member of that team. So, next guy, he is uh, a little bit of an old-school player. Uh, 
currently at the amazing age of 69 years old. Nice. Uh, this guy, I'm going to see if you can guess who it might be. He has a restaurant in Citizens Bank Park named after him, a barbecue restaurant uh, named after his nickname. It's called Bull's Barbecue. Do you know who I'm talking about, Patty Pitts? Um, uh, no. The only thing I know about Citizens Bank Park is that the crab fries are unbelievable. Crab fries are elite. Bulls Barbecue, a little bit past the old Chickies and Pete's, hashtag not a sponsor, but uh, it is one Greg Lazinski, former left fielder for the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, you can, when the stadium is open, some games you can actually catch one Greg Lazinski at a little booth right next to Bulls Barbecue, and he will sign autographs through, for you throughout the game. Played for the Phils from 1970 to 1980, part of that 1980 World Series team, and uh, he was an absolute beast. So he's a he's a key member because he's still part of the Philadelphia Phillies family through and through with Bulls Barbecue down at the stadium. This next guy, he's a very interesting Phillies player who's acquired – by the Phillies from the Detroit Tigers before the 1964 season. He was the first pitcher in Phillies history to do something that Roy Halladay did, uh, and that's toss a perfect game. And uh, he eventually became a senator from Kentucky, and that is one Jim Bunning. All right, okay, Jim Bunning, senator Kentucky, threw a perfect game before Holiday. Got you, okay. Uh, the next guy you're going to need to know about, he's still part of the Phillies organization. He's beloved in this city, uh, and that is one Larry Bow. Well, Larry Bow, okay. All right. Well, why is Larry Bow? What, what did he do? He was a Phillies manager uh, okay. through and through. He was part of the organization uh, in developing the core that would later help the Phillies win the World Series in 2008. Uh, he's a beloved figure in Philadelphia, fiery guy. Uh, he was signed as an amateur free agent in 1965, and it didn't take long. He was he was the GOAT shortstop for the Phillies until Jimmy Rollins solidified himself, I think, as the best shortstop in Phillies history. Larry Bowe is still part of the organization to this day, and uh, he is absolutely beloved in Philadelphia. See, I had the, you said Jimmy Rollins, and that's the only Phillies jersey I've ever had. Uh, and when we did spring cleaning, all my jerseys that were not um, Boston sports related got donated. So that's tragic. Uh, it's dude. I had Jimmy Rollins and Allen Iverson. And oh, that's at this so point, tragic. And the worst part is, uh, when I do these dreams, all I want to do is just uh, rep Philly, especially that Phillies jersey was dirty, and. Uh, they can't right now, but Jimmy Rollins, my guy. So, all right. So, shortstop got you. All right. Obviously, you're going to have to know the 2008 World Series roster from top to oh, bottom. I, all right. I know. All right. Let me try to let me try to do at least as much as I can. So, Placido Polanco. Uh, incorrect. Um, oh, what? Placido Polanco did not come back to the Phillies uh, all right, well, I... until the year 2010 i want to say was when placido came back uh to play third base he was part of the okay. phillies from 02 to 05 and then 2010 to 2012 placido okay. was back with the phils all right at least ryan howard that is correct all right chase otley that's correct 
Um, Jimmy Rollins, obviously. Yes. Pat Burrell. Pat Burrell was the starting left fielder. Okay, good. Um, Shane Victorino. That is correct. That's a grand slam. Uh, Who was that grand slam off of? Somebody we both hated growing up. Um, Oh, my God. Uh, I can't think about the top of my head. There's one CC Sabathia. Oh, dude, I can't stand CC. <laughs> I like him now because, like, at this point, oh, when yeah. a player retires, like, I couldn't stand CC, though. But, like, when he pitched against you, especially being a Red Sox fan, he's a Yankee pitcher, Ugh. and he's just like, oh, I just hate it. But, yeah, okay, that makes me feel about it. All right. Um, shorts to Chase Utley. I, did I say Chase Utley? Yes. Yeah, I did. Um, oh, who's the catcher? Oh, I can't think of the catcher off the top of my head. Oh, is it? Is it a, it's not a Molina. No, no. wrong. No, uh, I, I can't think of that. It's Carlos um, Chuch Ruiz. Carl, Ruiz, yeah, Carlos Ruiz. One of my favorite athletes of all time, Carlos Ruiz. Jason Worth on that team. Jason Worth was on that team. Let's he was go. in a right field platoon. Yes. With one Jeff Jenkins, a longtime Milwaukee Brewer. <laughs> yes, Jeff Jenkins. I remember him too. Yeah, I remember him more for the Brewers, but. Uh, Oh, I loved – and then was Cliff Lee – was that – Cliff Lee was 2009. All right, yeah, so I'm a little bit behind on that. But um, – and then – So you're just uh, missing – Cole Hamels. Cole Hamels, the World Series MVP. Yeah, I knew that. Um, uh, not Holiday. It's going to sound really absurd, but Jamie Moyer? Jamie Moyer was on Let's the 2008 go, Philadelphia that. Phillies. All right. Um, oh, oh, Brad Brad Lidge. Yes, sir, the perfect season. Yep, he uh, he did that, and then oh man, uh, who am I missing? What, what, You're missing what, what third base and a couple of the the starting pitchers. Um, I, I couldn't, I can't. Oh, so one of the starting pitchers that's important uh, hit a home run in the World Series. Oh yeah, I'm not gonna. That get ball this is in the right Hall now. of Fame, and that is one Big Joe Blanton, who was the big time trade deadline acquisition for the Philadelphia Phillies in 2008 Jeez. from the Oakland Athletics. And uh, I absolutely love Joe Blanton. He was fantastic when he was at the Phils. Hit a home run yeah. in Game Four of the World Series, and uh, I'll never forget that. And then third base was one Pedro Feliz. Yes, okay. I know Pedro Feliz. I had forgotten about him, but yes, okay. I know who he is. Um, he was there? Okay. And then I'm not going to get the starting pitchers. Yes, I should have got Joe Blanton, but I, I, I should have got Joe Blanton. Everyone else can kind of not. So the 2008 Phillies starting rotation uh, was something else. It was Cole Hamels and then a bunch of guys for the most part. Um, you know, you, you go back and look at this, and it's – Absolutely absurd. I'm going to pull it up for you because even I, uh, outside of Cole, Jamie Moyer, and Joe Blanton, uh, sometimes forget who was on that uh, that starting rotation because it was just a, a bunch of guys for the most part, which is absolutely hilarious. It's sometimes a bunch of guys is just as good as you know the stars because they're just they're just doing it. There's a bunch of guys being dudes winning a World Series. So, in 2008, the Philadelphia Phillies uh, starting rotation was comprised of, like I said, uh, we had Cole Hamels, Jamie Moyer, one Brett Myers was 
in the, in the starting rotation that year after 2007 being the closer for the team. Uh, he was also sent down to AAA, brought back up, and it was a, a, a mad switcheroonie for Brett Myers throughout that whole season. Uh, we also saw the worst Philadelphia Phillies starting pitcher ever and got booed at the ring ceremony the next season, Adam Eaton. Absolutely terrible. I try to forget who he even was. And no, I'm not talking about starting outfielder for the Washington Nationals, Adam Eaton, a totally different one. And uh, he's the absolute worst. Uh, Jay Happ was part of the Phillies in 2008, but did not pitch in the postseason. Uh, You also had Kyle Kendrick, who I believe also was a minor league signing by the Boston Red Sox uh, later in his career. And... uh, that was your your group of starting pitchers for the most part. Just a bunch of dudes being guys. Yeah, I really feel I really feel like I'm I'm about to load up an exhibition game in MLB 08. Like I really I'm not kidding when you say these names cuz they're the only names I've seen in video games or when I turned on Sports Center to watch like the highlight uh, from that game the night before. Like these names are just literally bringing me back to just like childhood. But not for, like, the reasons for you. It's for the reasons of, like, oh, yeah, I just oh, love yeah. watching sports, whatever. And then, uh, obviously, you had Brad Lidge in the bullpen. You had Ryan Madsen, who was nicknamed the Bridge to Lidge. He was your setup guy. Scott Ayer, who was a uh, bullpen acquisition from the Chicago Cubs, an absolutely disgusting left-handed bullpen pitcher there. Uh, and then on the bench, you also had guys like Matt Stairs, so Taguchi, Tadahito Iguchi, and uh, Greg Dobbs, as well as Eric Bruntlett, and then Chris Coast was the backup catcher, and uh, it was just a bunch of ragtag guys, and you had the core of Howard Utley, Rollins, Hamels, you had Chooch, Victorino, and uh, it still blows my mind, looking at this roster, how we were able to get it done. I should have said Matt Stairs. We were talking about it uh, before. We've we been recorded. talking about Matt Stairs the past couple of days. Yeah, and so I, I should have got him. I just honestly, I I, I kind of merge the eleven and 08 team all the time. So I just thought I was like, oh, I'm gonna if I say Matt Stairs, I'm gonna be merging him. But I loved Matt Stairs, and I mean, if that's at this point, who could not love Matt Stairs? Absolutely. And uh, some other things we're gonna go through is the. The broadcast crew and the most historic broadcaster of my lifetime in terms of baseball outside of probably Vin Scully. But for me growing up in the Philadelphia area, this guy surpasses Vin in a lot of ways. It was tragic when he passed away. Uh, It was one of the few times I I cried about somebody I never met. And that is one, the late, great Harry Callis. Absolute legend. And he's he's somebody you should know, Pat Pitts, being a, a broadcast journalism guy. Harry Callis is one of the goats. It's funny you say that because I actually took a class. Um, it was like a broadcast performance drama class. And a kid in my class from the South Jersey area, we have for the for our final product, we had to imitate like a. Um, you know, use do the voice as a voice in industry class of a um, celebrity or whatnot. And he picked Harry Callis for his voice. So I've heard the name before, and I know. 
And it's, and it's funny because he picked him and I picked the Boston ra- radio broadcaster for the Red Sox. So it's it, it, things are we, they're connecting dots between the two. So I, I remember Harry Cow. I, I remember the name Harry Cows, but now okay, it's all making sense. It's all making sense to me. So there's going to be some other guys that'll be thrown into Patty Pitts's Philadelphia Phillies test, and uh, we'll we'll probably quiz you next week on a couple things, and then. Maybe uh, you know mid-April we'll have our full-blown Phillies test before we move on to the next sport. Give Pat some time to you know delve into the depths of Philadelphia Phillies lore and uh, you know history and everything. It's gonna be a lot of fun. So if you have any uh, suggestions for us, you can tweet them at us, which is fun and interactive. But you can also help support the pod and and in this time have more people find what we're doing on the Apple Podcast Reviews. Five stars only. We have standards. We know you do, too. Drop some questions or players, coaches, whatever it may be, moments in time with the Philadelphia Phillies that Patty Pitts should know about and that we should put on his Phillies 101 test uh, later on in the month of April. Yeah, the only the only thing I will say about uh, Phillies right now is that since I'm doing these uh, UMLB streams, uh, there's a lot of guys I just have, you know, I've never even heard of and I have no idea what's going on uh, with them. So I need to know who they are like soon uh, so I don't get anyone, especially if we got uh, Zach Wheeler's brother coming oh, yeah. in to the stream. Shout out to uh, the and one I'm and only to... Jacob Wheeler, the GOAT. Yeah, shout out Jacob Wheeler. That was unbelievable. Uh, that really made my day. And then, um, you know, I, I'm trying to get Andrew McCutcheon on the stream. I would love to, to have him come on. We need Cutch on the show. I would dude, be down for that. But every time I, I talk him up and get hyped, he makes a terrible play in the game that I'm playing. <laughs> I, it's just so annoying. So I'm like, all right, whatever. Just stay with it. But I love Andrew McCutcheon, too. And now he's a Philly. Like, come it's on. The best, man. The it's show. the best. We got to make that put him on the show. So uh, make sure you guys are subscribed to the podcast. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews. Let us know what you think about a potential Shady McCoy reunion with the Eagles. Anything involving Patty Pitts' Philly Sports 101 crash course that we're uh, putting together here for him. And uh, anything else that comes to mind. Five stars only. We have standards. We know you do too. And if you don't have an iPhone or iTunes or whatever, you can check us out on Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, the TuneIn app, iHeartRadio, Radio.com. Wherever you get your podcasts, we are there. Make sure you follow the Twitch stream so you know when either Patty Pitts, myself, uh, Stevie Schneid, Steven Schneider, Dom, any of us go live on the Twitch channel, you'll get a push notification right on your phone or on your laptop, and you'll know when we are live and you can check out the stream. Uh, The more followers we get and the more people watching, the closer we get to being Twitch partners, which would be massive for us, allows us to do a lot more content on Twitch with a lot more capabilities and things to do there. Make sure you like the Facebook page and follow us on Twitter at UndergroundPHI. You can follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311, and you can follow Pitsy on Twitter at Pat underscore Pitts. Make sure you check out 4th and Goal, 4th and Goal USP on Twitter. Uh, they just put a new episode out just a couple days ago. Very good listen uh, with Patty Pitts and, and the fantasy clock tower, Ben O'Sullivan. And a uh, lot more content coming out across all of our pods. Going to be a lot of fun, so make sure you check them all out. And uh, as always, guys, show presented by our local sponsors, Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Auto Mall, Mark Ronchetti, CPA, LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. 
And of course, powered by our friends at Design Tree, use the promo code SPRING20 to save 20% off your entire order at checkout with all of our merch, dsgntree.com, search Underground Sports Philadelphia. And then, of course, our friends at Tomahawk Shades, use the promo code USP at checkout, save 25% off your order before shipping, and uh, get some styling and profiling shades from our friends at Tomahawk Shades. Patty Pitts, any final thoughts as we uh, get ready to sign off? Just check out the Twitch stream because I'm going to be doing it uh, with the U Sports. Follow the U League stats on Twitter because uh, I got to go from the Xbox to my computer to create graphics for that and promote that. And then, uh, yeah, you already said it with fourth and goal. You know, check us out. We got some great content coming, uh, you know, with all this going on. We had some summer content planned, but it's uh, – the good news is that it's coming soon. It's going to be kind of in the works now, so uh, let's get get it rolling. It's going to be a lot of fun, and uh, we got more content coming as usual, so stay tuned this coming week. we got a lot pumping out, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, but this has been Underground Sports Philadelphia, episode number 223 for Patty Pitts, everybody here at USP. I'm your host, Kyle Bennett. We are signing off. Peace. Yeah.